This week on Erotic Awakening, Black Beat. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. So, we... It is the allergy season as we're sitting here clearing our throats and stuff. Mm-hmm, it is, and it is getting a little chillier out there. I just noticed the, the temperature of the apartment. It is almost at time of year to turn on the heat. And put on the woolly socks, put indeed. It, indeed, yes. So later on the show today, we'll be talking with uh, Gomez uh, on the Black Beat, which mm-hmm. is a really interesting uh, conversation, one that we've been trying to put together for quite some time now. Quite some time. And that's going to be fun, and certainly was educational for us. Oh, absolutely. I had a great time with that interview, so learned a lot and got to ask some questions and share some experiences and get some insight, and, you know, it's just good stuff, good people. And this is, and that's about it, so not a whole lot of business on the podcast. Before that, we do have, and, you know, normally we save this for a little bit. I'm going to start with this today. You've got uh, just the biggest buttload of tentacle leaks links coming in the last <laughs> leaks, links. Uh, 24 hours or a week or so. Indeed. So uh, Mimi Workslave from FET sent me one, and it's a it's a necklace with like just a, a tentacle pendant on it. It's really cute. And uh, from Randolin, a Winnipeg uh, person, sent a cartoon about a man who finds a tentacle wife. Ooh, and then is it Jan? Jan. Jan via Facebook says have a tentascular <laughs> day. And Ed also sent some laughing squid. Make your own eight foot tall pillow. It was cute. It was as long as the couch. So that'd be kind of neat to wrap up in, or oh, you know the Columbus fetish photo group. Mm-hmm. That would be neat mm-hmm. to have an eight foot plush squid. As Plus. As, as their photo prop. prop, plus the squid hat that Mr. Malaprop and Bat <laughs> gave me, plus the squid thing. I've, I've got squid and, and tentacle stuff like you wouldn't believe. So, <laughs> For uh, listeners that are new to the show wondering what the fuck we're talking about, my wife's a sick fuck. <laughs> Moving on. You know what? When we do the fetishes shows, we do um, the list of fetishes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I tell people, I don't have a lot of fetishes. I mean, I like spanking. I like caning. I like all that stuff. But uh, the two fetishes I have, one is tentacles. We have an episode where Naylin breaks mm-hmm. it down as to mm-hmm. why I like tentacles. Yep. And the other one's power exchange. So I'd like to be dominated. <laughs> 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 By tentacle squiddy, By tentacle alien squiddy stuff. Uh, <laughs> oh, <we> have, speaking, <clears throat> speaking of alien, though, we have a new member of the family. <laughs> yes, we do, so to speak. So, due to a variety of uh, interesting things, we ended up having to go buy a new car, and I ended up buying a, a Kia Soul, mm-hmm. which is a, it's a cute little subcompact. It really uh, fits our needs. Uh, it's got room for multiple adults or a lot of luggage or a dog and travels well. Travels well and it's alien green, which yes, is how so it came the, into the, the conversation. The <laughs> color of the car, instead of being red or brown or black or white, it's, the actual, it's written there, it says alien. That alien. is the color of the car. It's an alien so, green car. But it's cute. It's a cute car. And some of the other colors are like black and charcoal and gray. And it's like, really? Executive colors on a hamster car? No. <laughs> a neat color. So anyway, totally off tangent, but we tend to do that a lot. So wow. We've and we'll be taking the alien green car to the kinky college in uh, later today, as a matter uh, of fact. Yes, We're leaving, heading for Chicago, if any of our Chicago listeners are out there uh, who might be attending kinky college, we will see you there. Absolutely. So if, if you could leave the car with me, sir, I will have it packed and God ready to go. It. You don't get to drive your car because I have to take it seven everywhere. Seven days I've owned this car. <laughs> Three of them you've had it for some purpose of some reason. Well, I could line the luggage up in the kitchen for when you get home, but I would rather it it's easier to go. when it's packed. I it. 
I awesome. do see, um, and I do want to mention, and fortunately, if you really, if you, this is not your favorite spot of the show, this is the last time you're going to hear it. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Smitten Kitten. Or I could say Erotic Awakening was sponsored in part by Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten is your online resource and personal guide for all things sex-related. They have over 3,000 unique products and have served the sex-positive community and the Erotic Awakening podcast for the last six months. Actually, they've served the sex-positive community for 10 years. They've right. served us for the last six months, though. From massage candle wax oils to huge dildos. Yay! You'll find it all at Smitten Kitten Online. Our appreciation to the Smitten Kitten for being our sponsor for the last six months. We, um, we're just very grateful, and I will write to them and say, hey, thank you. And, um, hey, why don't you re-up for another six months so this shit doesn't come out of my pocket? <laughs> awesome, awesome. Awesome support. So, now, as you said, we're going to um, Kinky College. Mm-hmm. Love to go there. We go back there every six months. We run the 12-step meetings. We run workshops. We're running the brown bag poly lunch thing this time around. Yes, so lot's I going on. Assume that means that they're going to give us lunch and we're going to talk about poly. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure because we did sacred sexuality last time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yep, so I'm sure that's what it is. Um, but I wanted to mention that we have a new workshop that's been working really well for us. So it's the Living MS Your Way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we'll be doing that at Kiki College, right? Mm-hmm. I went to print out the notes for it because I like to print out our notes for our workshops before we go to the events. And it's like, um, sir, where are the notes for this <laughs> class? And, you know, I forgot that this is the class where the audience gets to make the class. We have the bowl of questions. You know, we've got some that we start with. But, um, and that way everybody in the audience can ask the questions that they want to ask and we give our experience. Yeah, the whole class came about the... the uh... The background of it is what happens is we teach one of our classes on power exchange. And on occasion, somebody will come up to you after the class and say, you know, that was a great class, but I was hoping you were going to talk about this or that. Right. So now we're going to do it in reverse. What you want to be have talked about during the class, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you get to write down and you put it in this bowl that we have. And as we go through the class, we just have this stream of consciousness that's being fed from the bowl mm-hmm. of questions and it becomes a class unlike any other. It's really interesting to do, both from a perspective of from the participants' perspective, but also from our personal perspective. It's not um, if you do the same class over and over again, it, you can fall into the pattern of it having a pattern at all. Right. And here it's a complete. You have to be engaged fully and thinking on your feet. And how am I going to segue from? Uh, slave positions to jealousy right smoothly exactly exactly. so far so good so far so good so so we'll see but really really looking forward to Chicago so um, awesome so that's that if if you're not in Chicago then but maybe you're in the on the west coast Mm -hmm. maybe you're out there towards the San Francisco then you should absolutely go check out the San Francisco group Mm -hmm. with great dancer (laughs) with the great dancer indeed um, and we put something on our website about it, and I'll put a link in the show notes today. The grooves are really neat unconferences. They're not all about rope, and they're a great opportunity if you want to be a presenter to go out there and say, hey, I want to present something too. It's really a participant-driven sort of event. It's not like there's an event producer that says, here's how it's going to go. Uh, really great uh, thing that they're doing out there, and the grooves all over the place. I won't mm-hmm. uh, try and explain it more so. Just hop out to that link and read for it yourself. Absolutely worth checking out. And uh, you'll be supporting our friend Great Answer, which is always a good thing to do. Absolutely. So, And I've been to a few of those. So wonderful. And they're different all the time. So, you know, it's just wonderful participation and lots of good mojo. So what kind of crazy question of the day is this today? So it is an odd question, but I've actually been asked this a couple of times now. <laughs> and it's a simple question. It is, are there foods you are not allowed to serve your master? And I just thought that was an interesting question. And, you know, since uh, I'm in the process of helping some other submissives put together a high protocol dinner, and we have to talk about food. Oh, that's where that comes from, because yeah, well, you're putting together is, the high protocol right, dinner. Right, well, that is one. And then at the room last night, somebody was asking me, they must have heard the broccoli story. 
and somebody was asking me, or it's out of the blue. I don't know. I don't know what the background is, but someone goes, are there foods you're not allowed to serve your master? And then I was on FET, and someone else asked me. So I don't know <laughs> if the broccoli story is getting around. You'll have to but... tell the broccoli story now, of course. <laughs> well, well, the broccoli story, I don't know if my head has blown it out of proportion. I don't know what's going on, but there is a broccoli story in that my master does not like broccoli. And, and just really doesn't like broccoli. And we had a high-protocol dinner one time. And, uh, uh, see, I can remember Bat asking me, you know, are there any foods that Master doesn't like to be served? And my first thought was broccoli. Please don't serve him broccoli. And she's like, why? And I'm like, there was a high-protocol dinner, and we served broccoli. And, and I knew he didn't like broccoli, but I was thinking, ooh, color on the plate. He doesn't have to eat the broccoli. There's color on the plate. It'll work out great. And, you know, so... Uh, no. <laughs> and uh, that just didn't go too well. So, you know, I, I know in my head, you don't like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, Wait, what's the one asparagus. With the Did I just say I don't like broccoli and no. make you take it away? The way my head remembers it, you filled my mouth full of broccoli to where I couldn't close my mouth. So I got broccoli falling out of my mouth and then I had to crawl into the kitchen and spit it out in the trash. Yes. And when you're in a high protocol dinner and, you know, that just, some people get it, some people won't, but it's, it's humiliating and it's, I let you down and it's, you know, just a bunch of, bunch of emotions that, um, (coughs) I don't particularly want to uh, relive again. So are there foods? You are not allowed to serve your master? Yes, the ones he told you not to serve. Yes. And it, it gets a little difficult because you're vegetarian mostly. And most of the foods that you don't like are vegetables. Well, there is that, yes. <laughs> green vegetables. <laughs> or anything that tastes green. I do see that we have some new subscribers to the mailing list. We'll mention those real quick. We're just about ready to... Well, matter of fact, we are just about ready to get into this interview about Blackbeat. Mm-hmm, we are. So there's only a couple of new subscribers. That's okay. Um, Patty from Pennsylvania. Leela from Washington. Or Lila. I'm not sure. Yeah, Lila, Leela, could be either. And Laura from Ohio. So we're very um, uh, domestic this time around, mm-hmm. <laughs> where sometimes we're international. And then from the Google Plus, we actually picked up two people, Zabella10 and Ed D. So people still use Google Plus, apparently. And we get some likes on Facebook. So I've got one here that I absolutely cannot pronounce, and Mesha. So, awesome. And you but- should mention our other sponsor. Our other sponsor, well, that's always a good idea. They've been sponsoring us for a very long time. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's Kinky Fun Group. Their next event is the AIS Amazing One Night Party, October 19th, 2013. So find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. So we're actually not going to be there for that. We'll be in Chicago. I'm sad. I love their one-night parties. They rock. They do indeed. So, you know, but there is one more thing that I want to mention. Okay. Um, if, you don't, if you don't mind, it's uh, we have new blogs. Oh, yeah. And, and we should absolutely talk about that. Um, you go first because yours is you just accomplished something really interesting. Uh, and you just blogged about it. So, oh, man, I almost forgot about that. But how cool is that? So my blog is, uh, I started it over the summer. It's called Kadishtu Walking. And uh, there's a link to it on my FetLife profile. But um, it's kind of fun, and it's just a, a place for everything in my life that I can't really put on Facebook. But it doesn't always fit on FET. So sometimes it's just random stuff. And what happened was is I was training for a half marathon. So I was training to walk. A half marathon, which is 13 point fucking one miles, <laughs> is uh, how I've heard it put. And I totally understand that now that I had that tall hill on mile 12. But, um, and I found that I was thinking about uh, generosity and sexuality and sensuality and my life and all this type of stuff. And so I created a blog called Kadishtu Walking. And uh, that's where I post my stuff. And like the last week or so, I guess I've really been reflecting a lot on fears, the half marathon, um, sensuality, sexuality, a little bit of weight loss just because it's in there. I just, all kinds of stuff. So I really have a lot of fun with it. And honestly, I have pictures with all my posts and they're not always of me. So I have a, a, I like going out there and looking for the right picture 
to put on my post. <laughs> so I like that. And you have one too. I actually got my inspiration from you. Your, I, I find your blog to be, um, if I was going to categorize it, I would categorize it around sexuality and inspirational. Mm. Mine's more just random bullshit is how I would categorize mine. Uh, my blog, my new blog is food and, and it's food and love, food and sex, food and polyamory, food and whatever the fuck I'm thinking about at the moment. Uh, and it's really just, it's restaurant reviews in the middle of uh, reflections on kink, reflections on life, reflections on how I do sex and stuff. And we'll uh, put a link for both those blogs at those for people that are interested in reading stuff. So, and I love your readings. Very insightful. And, you know, I just, well, I like reading how you think anyway. <laughs> it's really interesting for me because I get, I'm, I'm so all over the fucking place. I've, with, I've got this huge list of things I want to write about. And some of those things are reflections on Buddhist literature. And some of those are reflections on how polyamory works for me. And some of those are reflections on being a master. And some are reflections on just being kinky. And some are just generic life things that, have happened or that I think about or that I picked up along the way. And, uh, I, you know, the, the food and blog ends up being this general bucket to dump all this stuff mm. out in. So, uh, really just an opportunity to, for you, both of us, these blogs to express views that uh, obviously we don't talk enough on the podcast. So we needed a little bit more. Isn't it odd? I mean, I've actually got a list of things that I want to talk about, like you do on your blog. That's the, the tone that I wanted to take. And instead, it turns into journal entries so that I can just do some reflection on stuff that I'm going through. And uh, I I remember lamenting. Is that the word? Lamenting? Sure. I remember um, live journal used to be the thing. And I used to love live journal. Well, now it's Twitter, where everything's got to be a certain amount of words, and even Facebook and stuff, you really don't write a lot. They're all little blips, and so I just needed something where I could go on and on and on, like I <laughs> tend to do. <laughs> and it has pictures. And it has pictures. <laughs> so let's get into our um, interview mm-hmm. with the Gomez and his lovely lady about the Black Beat. Um, Really interesting. The only thing I tell you, the only thing that I could tell you about prior to this interview about um, the African American experience within the BDSM realm is from one of the uh, presenters that we know likes to rant about how horrible racism is mm-hmm. in the uh, community, right? Um, and Tiffy's scene, right? Uh, that we talked about here on the podcast, and those are both extremes, right? Right. And there's nothing else, you know. There's no other, ex- you know. There's so it was wonderful to listen to Gomez about kind of a, a little bit more of a a middle way, you know. Mm-hmm. It's more of an acknowledgement. Yeah, there's this and there's this without it being this big saber rattling. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. So it was really inter- that from that perspective is really interesting. And you know, as you and I have talked about, obviously we come at it everything from our own viewpoint, our own perspective, our own glasses. Mm-hmm. So what do I know about? Um, what do I personally know about? For example, women's reproduction rights? Nothing. Right. I don't have any of those organs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a clue what it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I know about being black in the BDSM community? Nothing. I know about you know nothing. Uh, so it was great to get Gomez's feedback and opinions and thoughts. And actually, Blackbeard's not really what I thought it was at all. It no. is kind of, but it's not. But also, it's not. Yeah, and I just love the way that he puts visuals to stuff. You know, where he talks about the the grain of pepper and a shaker of salt. Yeah. You know, that's just a big visual, and it's going to stay with me more than a rant would. I mean, there's so I I just like the way he puts things yeah. and explains things, and is very even. Even Keel, I have a better understanding. Me too. Put on my radio voice. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed the radio voice. <laughs> I, so, Don, today's going to be an interesting interview through because we're already uh, trying the dueling of the comedy and radio <laughs> voice, but we'll see if we can get through this. Uh, and I'll edit out anywhere where anybody's funnier than I am. So, <laughs> we are currently in Columbus, Ohio, but we are not in the standard. Studio or the secret backup studio, but we are in a strange hotel with interesting people. <laughs> That's the story of our life. <laughs> we have a good life. 
So today on the podcast, we're strange as compared to <laughs> exactly maybe the neighbors. I don't know. Uh, today on the podcast, we are joined by Gomez and Seven. And uh, Gomez, we've been trying to, as you'd mentioned not too long ago, been trying to do this for about two years. So yes, thank you both to actually uh, being patient as we show up. Well, trying to get the moons to align. <laughs> Absolutely. And today we are going to talk about something here, and I've got this little card in my hand, and it's it's called Blackbeat. And how long, And first off, how long has Blackbeat been around? Because I feel like it's been around for a long um, time. Well, we're in Blackbeat, the mothership, corporate, the main Blackbeat, which is out of the East Coast, out of Maryland. Uh, this, is the, this will be the 11th year. Wow. The 11th year, the 12th year. We had the 10-year anniversary. This, this is the 12th year. This is the 12th year. Okay. Um, of Blackbeat itself. And then we are all on some level um, franchisees. I mean, there's there's no money to change his hands or anything, but we kind of follow and eat it. So there's multiple Blackbeat Yeah, we are Oops. we are BBC, which is Blackbeat Chicago. Oh, no, um, okay. As opposed right. to Big Black Cock, which, you know, that's what everybody associates BBC with. <laughs> well, well, which I don't have a problem with. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there are so there are different uh, black beats. So, um, so there's a national, and yeah, then there are multiple you. chapters for different areas. And I had, I had thought when I first heard of Black Beat that it was a BDSM organization where the black is the idea of black and blue. I'm gonna put bruises on you, but it is not that. What is Black Beat? Um, the the reason the original inception for Blackbeat, so the, it's an acronym, uh, BEAT is an acronym, it's Black Enterprises with alterna uh, Alternative Taste, oh. is the acronym for BEAT, um, and then the black itself, well, you know, TCBY yogurt, um, is, um, it's, it's racial to uh, cultural, uh, I don't know how to make that not negative, mm -hmm. um, but the truth is a lot of people um, in all of the communities I have found, um, what they found was that, and as you will, I hate to puddle jump, we're going to, we're interviewing me. Um, <laughs> this is the puddle jump in yes, the podcast, as, believe me. As you, as, you, as you will find here, there are very few African Americans. Okay. I mean, just in the group. And you will find that fairly well in most of the um, I've, in BDSM communities that I have found. So what happened um, as... I'm sure I'm going to infuriate someone here, um, is that there were people of color uh, that were kinky. This is, this is how this happened in our area. Okay. People of color that, that were kinky uh, had no real outlet because there weren't people like them that were kinky. So outside of reading, they didn't have real guidance. And then when they finally struck out into the public domains, uh, so uh, the... The dungeons that we have in our area are um, Gallery of Domain, mm -hmm. uh, which is now GD2, I, mm -hmm. at least GD2. could be GD3 now because it's kind of changed again. Um, LRA, Leather Rose. Mm -hmm. um, there's a place that uh, Mr. Simone runs, um, which is the studio. And then there are a couple of others, the Continuum, which is a BDSM kind of bar. So it's, you know, it's a public place. But so you finally strike out into those places and then you are still not comfortable because you are not around, they weren't comfortable because they weren't around people that they were comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, so that whole one, uh, questioning whether or not you're being judged and all of the, the mores that go to societal impact of that. Um, so at some point in time when you you ran into another person of color that was kinky, they would align. And so people found that that was happening a lot. Uh, if, if nothing else, just on, on skin tone, and uh, not to make this a racial thing, but you know, people of color all look the same, and then people of know, Caucasians, as it were, no matter what their race, uh -huh. all look the same. So it's, it was simpler to be in a crowd as a Caucasian than it was to be as a person of color. Okay. And so they decided, <clears throat> um, as something I'm not going to say, they decided to start a group where they could be comfortable among themselves. So is it as simple as 
or I, I shouldn't say simple, but it is similar to a TNG group are people of a similar age. Very, very, a, very similar to. So Blackbeard is a group of a similar racial ethnicity. The as na the national, yes, the national. Um, uh, okay, okay. The challenge that I have personally, Seven has, and and uh, more than a few other people in our area have is in our area, and this is one of the reasons that um, we, we were willing to wait so long to have this interview, mm -hmm. something that you said to us that you pointed out about the Ohio area, is that no matter what the group's mission statement is, edict is, you guys all try to work together. Mm -hmm. So if you're having an event on the first Thursday of the month, you kind of check with the other groups. Um, and our challenge is that our area is very polarized. The TNG people stay with the TNG people. The, okay. the Galleria people tend to identify as Galleria people. The Leather Rose people tend to identify as Leather Rose people. Mm -hmm. And so we have these silos. Uh, silos as opposed to non-concentric circles. Um, that, you know, you have personalities and people that overlap one to the other but the groups themselves don't really communicate, work together, work against them. So our, to fast forward to today, not today, but current time, our monthly meeting um, is the second Friday of the month. Mm -hmm. And that also happens to be the time of the Leather Rose uh, Cigar and Boot Black Night, mm -hmm. second. So, our event starts at seven o'clock. We try to always have an educational event, um, which is so we a potluck. Everybody brings food. Supposed to bring food. Uh, <laughs> you obviously pay an entrance fee because we rent the space. Right. So we pay an entrance fee, and then we have an educational event of some sort, uh, either a roundtable with the group. We announce what that is that month, or we have a speaker, you know, so a speaker or a presentation, and then we do that. And afterwards, historically, there's a play party. I mean, attendance goes up and down, so there's no guarantee of a play party. Honestly, there's no guarantee of, a, of the educational event. I mean, if there's only the three principals there, well. Mm -hmm. So, um, but what, ha what tends to happen is, is that people either drift in and miss the educational event and for the play party, or they get to have the educational event and they leave to go to one of the other venues. Okay. Right. So, I, you know, personally, it's kind of a challenge when you're doing, when we just had a, one of the members of our community, esteemed members of our community, just uh, expired three weeks ago, and his memorial was last night. Um, obviously, we couldn't be there because we were driving here, which that's all well and good, but that was our meeting, the Black, Black Beach Chicago meeting time. So, what we did was we canceled that meeting time and we attended the uh, memorial, which was mm -hmm. at the Leather Rose. But you know, those the schedules conflict and no one really works together. Well, do you think that's because of personalities? I mean, when you have large communities, you're going to have the personalities that cause splits in a way. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> large. Have you large. seen? <laughs> Look large. Right now we're busy calling in black. We'll call him fat. Hey, 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 hey. Less fortunate. Well, there's a, there's there's the great and, history. And besides, my father's Polish. <laughs> we have the great history. You know, we have the great dungeon wars. Okay, that occur. Great witch wars and you know, things like I that. I was not so. familiar with the dungeon wars. Well, yes. it got so, kind of guts. So yeah, we have a history in the Chicagoland okay. area, and so there was some real division of houses for a long time. Okay. And we are starting to see those bridge a little bit. Um, they tried to come out with the Chicagoland BDSM calendar so that everybody right. could oh, try nice. and work together. So I, I think we're definitely moving in a different direction, but there is a deep history of okay. separation between houses or dungeons right. in the past. But at least so, there's, there's some logic in putting together a a group or an organization that does have some common sense, some common commonality. Right. You know, we are all black. We are all a Chinese BDSM group or a TNG or. But I have to say, for for our group in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were going to get to. Uh, 
We, I mean, technically the mission is to support people of color and the people who love them. Mm -hmm. And most of our meetings are um, 60 plus percent Caucasian. Non-POC. Really? Yes. Yes. See, now that's interesting because we don't have a video podcast. Uh, What ethnic racial thing, when you have that checkbox, what box do you check, Gomez? Um, I tend to check other because uh, I hate being lumped in as a as a, as an African American, um, a lot of government stuff has kind of messed with that. So now, if you you qualify as two races or more, mm-hmm. um, my visually you appear to be an African American. Visually, I appear to be an African American. Seven, <laughs> you don't. No, I'm all Polish. He's only part Polish. I'm yes. all Polish. Yes. If, if I was if I was the person checking a box, I would mark that you are Caucasian. Absolutely. Right. So what are you doing going to Blackbeat? And I get the, the sense that this is the part you were just leading into. It's for the people that... Correct. So, what my experience, because I've been going to Blackbeat before even um, we were together, um, has been that it is a, a place that really does support those people of various ethnicities, backgrounds, diversity, and creates a very safe place for them to come and learn. I mean, the focus is always educational. So and my sister, to, to break in this, kind of back up, uh, my sister Lashdon um, is the president, leader of okay. Black Beach Chicago. She is the person that attended, she has attended all of the Black Beat national functions in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And she is the one that brought that back here. My sister was one of those people that was uncomfortable being the only, you know, grain of pepper in the, in the shaker, in okay. the salt shaker, right, as right. it were. Um, I have never been that person. I, <laughs> just, you, you know, I was always more comfortable being, you know, the only anything I, I, I was someplace. It just, it, it was just better for me. Okay. Yeah. It's easy to stick out or disappear or whatever the case is. Um, and you know my my background being I've been in BDSM for 25 years, but previous to that I, I'm a biker, right. I'm a motorcyclist. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have learned, and I've been to all of the events all over the country, um, and the the two scariest are Myrtle Beach Bike Week, and the week after that is Myrtle Beach Black Bike Week. <laughs> and I, I got to tell you. They're two entirely different things. Yeah, yeah. They are vastly different. I know people in Myrtle Beach that own businesses, restaurants, that go on vacation for Myrtle Beach Bike Blackjack. And, you know, it's just, it's different. And so one of the things that I learned a long time ago, I've been riding motorcycles since 1972, uh, one of the things that I learned was if you didn't show your ass, nobody cared what color you were. It just, right. it just didn't matter. You were just... You know, somebody would have to tell someone that you were black or Asian or whatever you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my edict in life has kind of been that I don't need to I don't need to show my ass for somebody to know what color I'm. The uh, when I was in college, the other thing to kind of push that was there were when I was in college and I graduated college in '79. There were no it did as far as I could tell. I went to Southern Illinois University. There were no. Um, Black African American um, academic fraternities. Fraternities okay, right. were they were social. Um, the you know the Black Student Union, the Black Christian Union, the, and and they were they were social. And what you saw just from the outside in, what you saw was a bunch of people of color that got together, raised their fists, and said, "We are people of color." Right. Okay, I already know that. That is apparent. Right. So it's never been my want to be black to be black. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I just want to be who I am. I don't want to be the, the best black neurosurgeon. I want to be the best neurosurgeon. Um, so the color thing never really bothered me. So kind of what, what became of this, not that and my sister is involved in, in a racial relationship as well. Okay. So, um, but kind of what became of this was our group, simply by our personalities and who we were involved with, became a pansexual, pan-racial. Yet we try to be accepting. You know, we just try to be accepting. 
Uh, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's kind of like one of the one of my favorite gay bars in Chicago. Their attitude is, we don't mind that you're straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so our attitude is, you know, as long as you don't, you know, really that you don't show your ass, we don't care what color you are. Okay. You so know, you come, you're respectful. So, so I have a question that that might be a little off topic, but I'm just curious as hell about this, and then we can you can shift it back if you need to. But the 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 question is, I mean, obviously there's people of color that are in kink. Yes. Obviously, yes. you know, obviously. But why why do you have any clue why it is the the grain of pepper in the shaker of salt at most of the events? Because most of the events advertise pansexuality, diversity, and you know most of us seem to be accepting of everybody. So I, I you know, I um, if I really had to guess, and I am I am certainly no authority. Mm-hmm. If I really had to guess, I, I would just say it's people's social history. Okay. And you know there is the joke, um, and I, I certainly believe that. Um, all all jokes and stereotypes are based in in truth on some level, but you know the the joke is why are there no black hockey players? Well, you don't like being around a bunch of white guys with sticks and masks. Okay. <laughs> so you know, on some level, yes, you're kinky, and yes, you need an outlet for that and equipment and stuff. But does that need outweigh the preconception that you may have that you will be Pariah, or okay. treated poorly, or, okay. or so until you know that, right? Um, you, you know, is it is it is it worth that risk to you? Okay, especially uh, I, 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 if you're new, yeah, and mm-hmm. you're looking to learn, explore, understand, identify. You know, when we all kind of come to our realizations, and some of us it's really young, and some of us take a long time to figure it out, but that. That transitionary period is uncomfortable as it is. Mm-hmm. You don't know who to trust. You don't know, and and to have that social history right. and to show up at an event where there's a lot of people with a lot of experience and you're you're already a minority based on the color of your person. Right. Um, it can make it a very intimidating environment. Okay. And then you well, also have you, you. I would think that. And a lot of things factor into this, but things that come up, thoughts that I'm having right this moment is, if it's your, what is your social stigma? Do you not date outside of your race? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't considered dating outside of your race, and you know, in our case, we we are kind of different. I mean, she was, um, you know, her attitude has always been that BDSM is about sex. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're, uh, if we're, yeah. if we're playing, we're fucking. <laughs> and and, and, on and su- playing is fucking. And playing, and see to her, playing is fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, where it makes is, me come. <laughs> that is very true. Okay. Uh, but, so if you kind of have that where you, you kinky is, okay, and if we bolt it to Catholic on some level, you know, where so kinky becomes... It's about your sexuality, right? And you know so what your beliefs, and so on some level, well, now you're stepping into this, in this arena, where okay, well, if she doesn't date black guys, or if he doesn't, you know, and so there, I, there are all these, in my opinion, all these self-imposed barriers, mm-hmm. um, which are are simply out of um, ignorance is what comes to mind first, and that's not the word I want to use, but a, a lack of. Lack of education sounds negative as well. Maybe not a lack only, of experience. Well, yes, you have experience. Well, all of our our learning is experiential, right. but since you since you don't know, I think is probably the closest honest way. To, since you don't know what you're going to face, what are you opening yourself up for? And then it becomes that whole you know which need is more. Do I need to know what's happening out here and right. and how to explore this more and how to mold me into more and how far this can go or should I just keep reading books? And okay. Yeah, to to your point, certainly some people and I assume based on FetLife, some people specifically kinkify the race 
relationship itself. Yes. White chicks looking for big black cocks. Yes. Black chicks looking for white guys. We have a we have a personal not not bodily uh, fluids personal. We have a personal relationship. <laughs> we have a personal relationship. Who and they are uh, well-to-do people. Mm -hmm. They are both Caucasian. They have been together since they were. They are literally childhood sweethearts. Mm -hmm. um, they have children and grandchildren, and she is into gangbangs. And she does not. She's not interested in white guys. Mm -hmm. She only wants to fuck black guys. Um, you know, and she's not and, that her husband is black. And her husband, right, right, yeah. right. Okay. But still, and yeah. you know, and he participates and supports and you know and it's not a cuckold relationship but and then I mean we have actually spoken to people and I'm on some level appalled when this happens um, you know it's the whole they're into it because of the whole it's the skin color yeah. I love the contrast contrast in the skin color <laughs> I mean the depth of that relationship is is nothing is a scar oh. it's you know and I get how uh, in sepia tones and black and white pictures, how that the 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 alabaster skin against the the dark skin and a black I, I I get how beautiful that is and working with the light and and but to and base a relationship on that yeah, is and just, you know some people it's not an artistic expression it's I am a superior white person if I'm having sex with a nasty old black person it's nastier sex right you've Certainly, some people rationalize it that way. Yes. So, would you? And do you go to this king then? Are you one of those black cocks? I never play. Okay. I I, I and never play. I'm a voyeur on some level, and you know I like to rent my stuff up. Um, but I'll, I'll <laughs> so that's what the stuff as you're pointing at seven. Yes. yes. <laughs> stuff out. Okay. I always. I always. <laughs> Not your. I always cross. bring. I always bring something good to the party. Um, but uh, actually, historically, I bring the best thing to the party. Um, and I've been in, I've, you know, I've been in, I was a stripper at 19, and, and I, I've always been sexual on some level for years and years and years. So I, 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 I just compartmentalize, which is a word that she settled upon me a lot, I compartmentalize things differently. Okay. Uh, but I under, I mean, I get that, but and I get how it's a kink. I get the uh, jungle love thing on on some level, the psychosexual. I, I get the taboo nature of you know my dad was a preacher and you know yeah. he this and, and so I get how all those kinks work on some level. But I, me personally, I you know basing a relation. I'm a package guy. Right. Right. Um, you know she's got brains and all those body parts and she gets to do those you know dark things that I love you know I mean a woman's never without a bruise or ten <laughs> so um, and a big smile on her face <laughs> so to go back thank you for dragging this back to someone always has a fishing pole when I'm talking <laughs> I, I, know that, I know that trick. Yes, go back. <laughs> I think I think what's what's really unique about the group is that it is so open to people of all it is truly right. diverse because it's open to all people of color all people of hey, color including pink. caucasian as a peachy pink was that off peach <laughs> off peach as off an peach. off peach color she's not white um, she's off peach i'm not black i'm caramel so i get to be a person of color as well um but since it's so open and so Diverse. Right. It takes those preconceived notions out of the equations. People don't have to show up and think, well, if there's if there's a white woman there, she's just interested in big black cock. Mm -hmm. um, it also, if you if you take it out of the BDSM world and you plop it into the vanilla world, I mean, as a person of color and not knowing those those people that refuse to date out of their racial um, boundaries that they have set in their own mind or their religious boundaries set uh -huh. in their own mind. Right. Um, you know, if I were a young black woman and I wanted to go to a dating social event, mm -hmm. speed dating, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew everybody there was white, I would be very concerned about showing up because right. how many of those people would just immediately right. dismiss me because of my color? Mm -hmm. So it, it or creates. Or do the opposite objectify you right. because of your color and only yeah. be interested in that part of it? See, Absolutely. and that's why so I wanted it kind to of eliminates those 
two right. ends of the bookend and creates a, a much safer environment for them to open up and explore. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to ask the question because I've actually had the experience of being on the other side of the fence where I really wanted to go see a friend of mine from high school who was a guy of color sing at his choir, which was an all-black church. And being the Eastern Shore of Maryland, oh my God, you know, just, just, I had, I couldn't, I couldn't go. Because I would have been the grain of salt in yeah. the shaker of pepper and not knowing how to act, not knowing. And everybody's going to have their, their preconceived notion. Why is this and a lot of that has changed socially with time. Oh, yeah, that was I mean, 20 years when, ago. When we, well, oh, God, well, 30. See, that's, and I was actually, I was about to refute that. Okay. Because um, I've had. I've had the problem. Uh, my daughter um, looks an awful lot like my seven. Uh, she's tall. She's blonde. Um, structurally, she looks like me, but I mean, she's she's Caucasian. Right. Um, and she has very light skin. Um, and I grew up in a in a foot and Baptist church. In That's South where South I wanted to go. South 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 been fun. Okay. But it is fun. But. 20 years ago, it didn't matter who I took to that church, what color they were, they were treated like family because they were with me. Nice. Um, the thing that happened, and that was pretty much all churches, that was just because they were church. It, you know, there was no place to really look, you, you know, just think about black and Alabama and Ku Klux Klan. I mean, you know, you're in a church, you're safe. Okay, for this 40 minutes, but, <laughs> you, you, you know. You, second you're out the door. You second you're out, you guys, there's, there, there's probably an issue, but, and that has changed because we, as a society, don't train our children like the previous generation trained us. And so my daughter was always made to feel uncomfortable. Mm. And, and I don't think that anybody ever did it, but she, it was pointed out pretty quickly that she was different. Mm. And because, you know, by her peers. Uh -huh. Because the way my church separated it was, it was, you know, Sunday school, you had the children's church, and, and so the kids, you were below what age, you went downstairs. Mm -hmm. And so she was, which we didn't know for some time, um, but she was always made uncomfortable. And so now she just, you know, church is just out of her realm. Mm -hmm. Because it goes back to being four and being, being pointed out that she was different. Right. Um, yeah, I think that can go on either way. I mean, we just went to Erotica um, in Chicago, oh, which is the or Exotica, yeah, 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 yeah. Exotica, the trade show in okay. Chicago. Because I'm thinking Erotica, I sleep with Erotica. That <laughs> <laughs> was close. But we we went to Exotica, and literally we were walking down the hall, and as the black woman passed, I got to listen to all the disparaging remarks about me being wow. with a black man. Okay. So, I mean, I think that, I think our group tries to transcend that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds okay. like the, the goal of a current state, Black Pete, is it? It sounds like from what you're saying, it's not so much to support African Americans, but to support people of diversity. Yes. Correct. And that would be Correct. then, we would, where somebody who is, but, regardless. But, but, but it, is, it is my understanding that National does play more toward having, more toward that, the comfort level. Right. Of sure. people of color. I mean, this yeah. is, this is you, you know, they are uh, presented as kink for people of color. Right. Um, nowhere does it say we exclude your non-person of color partner. Right. I mean, nowhere does it say it because uh, my sister's man goes with her every year. He's always gone with her and he is... So, but by having that foundation, no. that this, yes. is, this is kind of our goal, by yes. having that foundation, it changes the energy just a little bit so, yes, to the, the black people beat, that know. The Blackbeat National is, yeah. is this event opposite. Reverse. Okay. Opposite. Reverse Very few. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes, but but our small group, I think, is very unique in that. Um, yeah, historically, black meat has more has more non-blacks than blacks. More non-black people than black people, and it's not just interracial couples. I mean, we have a lot of couples that are Caucasian that just come to black meat yes. all the time. Right, they're just part of our black meat family. So, you know, and, and see, I'll, I'll confess that that would be weird for me, simply from the perspective of why I don't. The same reason I don't go to I don't hang out in gay bars often. I can hang out in 99 bars in America that are not gay bars, 
So why me, the not gay guy, have to go to the gay bar, right? It feels like that's infringing where um, somebody, somebody has created space specifically for their culture, their style, their thing. And I'm reflecting my, let's be open-minded, the same reason I don't go to TNG stuff. I'm not of the age range to go with TNG stuff. And they're like, oh, well, you're allowed to. I don't, I don't yeah. want to. Why would you create something with rules that suggest I'm not supposed to come? And then open the door to say I would come. And the TNG, the TNG in the our TNG area is about your age. Yeah, I mean you're. you're you well, have to be dating somebody that's young enough to go. In I mean, our area, they tell you you can't come. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's like that. Well, so it is. So in some of the groups, yeah, it's very, it's very clear. Yeah, but, but then the door's you know, locked. But you know, they are still allowed at our. You know, now we're getting to us and them. They're still allowed at our, at our everybody else's functions. Uh, but I. Um, I find, and it, it, it's just, uh, it may just be me, I find that they tend to have a, a, a very exclusive attitude. Um, and it's so it's... The, the TNGers. TNG. And okay. so it, it is kind of, you are made to feel like you feel at the gay yeah. bar. Right. I mean, they, they kind of engineer but that off-putting... The difference being, though, and so here's the, the, the reason why... The flip side of my own argument against myself, Don and I were asked to present at Trans Camp out a few years ago. Okay. The whole the thing with Trans Camp, very much like you're talking about, it's it's trans people have the exact same thing you're talking about. How many trans people are downstairs right now? Less than there's number yeah. of black people here at this event, right? I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think so. It's going to be close. It's going to be we'll, we'll count in a minute, but it's very low population. It is yes. low population. Yes. When I went to Trans Camp out. The, night, the neatest thing for me and Dawn is worse. Oh, so this is what it's like to be the minority. Because yeah. we were clearly <laughs> the minority. We were invited to come out there as the minority. But at the flip side of that is, I never felt... The only reason I felt like minority is because in my mind, I said, Whoa, I'm the minority. <laughs> I felt they treated me like welcome family. Absolutely. And that would be, you know... That's you see, when I'm the minority, I feel special. And she says special ed. But... You know, <laughs> <laughs> I feel special. So, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Absolutely not. Do you feel that 20, 30, 40 years from now, there will be no reason for black people? Or do you, because the culture will change in such a way that there's no... See, I, you know, you should probably go with that. Um, what I was going to say is... What I was going to say is we know that social policy, social policy always is slow to follow actual legal policy and, and right? And so you look at the civil rights movement mm -hmm. and you look at our or women's suffrage and you look at where we are today, right? right? Women still don't get paid what men do and we still have... A, a huge amount of racial incidents in this country. So if you look at that time span, I think it would be safe to say <laughs> that um, as much as we'd like to believe that society is going to make those great strides, um, I think it's still going to be a challenge for some people and to have a safe place for people, um, whether it's for people that don't want to affiliate with groups that may seem more segregated, or whether it's people of color, or whether it's people of various religious backgrounds or practices, um, I, I can see its usefulness okay. moving well into the future. I, sure. I, I guess I agree, but just from a different, you know, I mean, she, on one hand, it sounds like you're speaking about serendipity, and uh, I, I understand what she's saying, but... Um, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know where I fall on this. Okay. But, and and you gotta, you, you gotta step back and wrap your head around what I'm about to say here. I, I am not saying I applaud uh, white supremacists. Good. <laughs> Quite surprising. <laughs> I'm glad we got that one out. <laughs> okay. That was next on my list too. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy. But on some level, I understand the white supremacist movement. And when I say that, stand in a Walmart checkout line. Okay. You've got 
all these little white girls with all these little brown babies. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, there there is no father, which that's a whole different social realm. I'm actually sorry I said that part. But my but I guess my 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 question, my global question becomes: If we don't, in that twenty-year question, mm-hmm. there's no need for black beat because well, we're all mauve, right? Or whatever the case is, and it's it's at some point in time, there is no there is no lineage, there is no segregation is the wrong word, but you know there's no separation of you know, my father's Polish, my mother is African American. I, 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 I worked for I worked for a guy. I'm a little off base, but I worked for a guy um, a few years ago who said, "Mr. Webb, I'm 100% Lugan. My parents are 100% Lugan, and their parents are 100% Lugan, and there are very few people that can say that." Which you know, on some level, with that lineage and the tree, and I mean, so I, you know, the other side of that question is, if there is no longer a need for black beat, is that is that a triumph or a tragedy? Mm. Okay, right. I, I, I'm not a proponent of either. Of either, yeah. It, it's just a question that, you know, on some level, I think kind of has to be put out there. Okay. Absolutely. Because well, diversity is celebrating differences, yeah. not creating homogeny. Mm-hmm. Well, according See, I told you she's a brain yeah. <laughs> There you go. According to, to uh, some social sciences, by uh, as time goes by, by 2050 or 2100, we'll need a group called White Brain because <laughs> well, we will no longer be that. You know, it'll yeah, be, and, cur- and currently in, in the whole white supremacist, I mean, although uh, that is the most aberrant or that most of us know about, that is the most aberrant uh, behavior in that keeping of one's race. But the truth be known, in, in how many places are Caucasians no longer the majority? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of places where, you know, and I'm not talking about California and Texas, where, where you're the minority, uh, simply out of if nothing else, diversity. There are so many other races yeah, that Caucasians are no longer the minority. But you know, I mean, just either Hispanic. Oh, see, I didn't say Mexican. There you go. Or, 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 <laughs> very good. Very good, sir. Or, or, or African American. Uh, you, you know, they are Maryland. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, DC stands for dark country. Uh, I mean, you know. We were doing really good, sir. <laughs> hey. Once you get, she's from Maryland. Okay, once once you get outside of the two rings where all the monuments are, you have to be rather until you get to Virginia. You got to be kind of careful about what you do and where you are. And you know that's from a guy that goes to Rolling Thunder. You know, on his own. It's so. So, where can we find out more about Black Beat Chicago? Um, on the on the oh, Black Beat Chicago. Yes. Well, I want to pitch you a black beach. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, there we go. Uh, yes. Uh, go ahead, baby. I don't have my glasses on. I, uh, um, I'm looking for a group number. Well, we there on Fat Life. And we're on Fat Life. We're on Fat Life. So we could just search for Black Beat on Fat Life. Yeah, BB, uh, and it's Black Beach Chicago Group on FetLife.com backslash groups backslash four five one two. Nice. Awesome. Uh, guys, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Very much appreciate your patience in finally making this happen. Um, and it's been, it is both an annoyance and it, it's both sad to me that we're even having this conversation because there are things like white supremacy, there are things that hate based on race. And the flip side is, I, I very much appreciate the opportunity that we have to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And at least it's, it's something that we can, that at least I've learned something from. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. Now, about that whole rent thing. Okay. Just like a waiver or anything like that. (laughs) Time is running out. Get your Beyond the Love tickets now before you miss the brand new 
international polyamory summit that everybody's going to be talking about in December. November 15th, 16th, 17th, world of presenters, world of summits, world of, it's just awesome, god damn it, go, beyondlove.org. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. You like that little, it's just awesome. I did, I did. That was very cool. No, it wasn't. That was lame. (laughs) I am looking forward to it, though. I am, too. And I'm hearing a lot of people that have bought their tickets that are really looking forward to it as well. So, and other people talking about getting their tickets. So, Well, you hurry the fuck up before it's I know, I know. It's so funny when we run into into people that say, Oh, we should have went to you said it last year. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I know. Uh, I should probably go and turn off the recorder thing. Oh, probably. Theoretically, <laughs> nobody's listening to this point. Oh, I know. I know. But we get surprised every now and then. It's because so. people dig the music. Oh, is that what it is? 